Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Man, I'm so excited about today. Uh, my name is Steve. Oh, there it is. Steve-O. That's me. My name is Steve-O Williamson. I'm the worship leader and uh, youth pastor here at Renew Life Church. And so, yeah, man, I, um, I'm, ex- I'm just excited. If I can be honest, if you can't tell, I'm, I get, I'm a little excited. <laughs> so we're, we're in a series right now uh, that Braden kicked off last week called Let's Talk About Church. And uh, I'm excited. Mm. You thought I was going somewhere else with that. That's funny. Let's talk about church. And I'm super excited to be speaking this morning. Um, golly, I, I'm convinced that anybody can get up and speak after that. <laughs> that what we just experienced in the presence of God through the worship and the ministry time, God is so good, isn't he? Come on, celebrate one more time how good he is. Yeah. But I believe he's not done, and he wants to do some incredible things today. So um, before I get started and jump in, oh, that's awesome. They got me Kleenex this time because I cry a lot. That's great. Thank you. Um, I'm just, I'm so humbled right, right now just to be up here doing this. Um, I just, I love our church. <laughs> I love our church. I, uh, I've been a part of a lot of churches. I've been a part of a lot of things. I went into full-time ministry when I was 18 years old, which is stupid, but I did at the age of 18 to be in anyways. But I, I've been, um, I've just been a part of a lot of things. I've been a part of a lot of movements. I've, I've seen a lot of things. And if I can just be honest, I've never seen anything quite like what we're getting to walk in right now here at Renew Life Church. And I am just, I'm so humbled to get to be here today and speak um, to this house in this season right now. And so I'm excited. Today's not gonna be, a, I'm only gonna say I'm excited 73 more times. So don't worry, it's almost over. Uh, but uh, today is not going to be like a conventional step one, two, three, uh, ready, set, deploy type of message. I feel like as I was in preparation for what to say today, I feel like the Lord laid some very specific things on my heart that he wanted to say, that he wanted to do. And so this morning, we're just going to go for it. <laughs> is that okay? We're just going to go for it. Uh, I, was, I was raised in church. My dad is a pastor. Uh, he was a pastor my whole life, whether it was uh, being a youth pastor, a music minister, uh, a senior pastor. He's been in ministry literally my whole life. So how many of you were raised in a family where if the doors were open, you were at church? Slip up your hand. Okay, cool. That's my people right there. Like that was me. Matter of fact, I'll do you one better. It, was, it wasn't even just when the doors were open because I was his son. It was when the doors were closed. I was also there. Shut in and there was no getting out. I remember, I remember spending all night at the church at times. I was just listening to my dad, um, just on his knees in prayer, speaking in tongues, seeking the Lord for, for our church, for our family. And so church has been my life. I mean, I remember we take communion every single Sunday here at Renew Life Church where we have to choke down the little cardboard circles they give us. And I remember whenever I was a kid, we used to do communion with like real bread. So we would get this like big hunk of bread from HEB or Walmart or Albertsons or something like that. And I remember it was so exciting as a pastor's kid because I knew what was left over 
leftover of that bread, me and my sister got to go polish off after service. I don't know why it was such a novelty, but it was. And so we'd go crush the rest of the juice and crush the rest of the bread. I think it's because my mom always bought like um, she still does. She always bought the Mrs. Baird's like thin sliced white bread, like the most boring basic bread you can buy. And so I was excited to finish off the communion bread. That, I don't know why I told you that, but I did. <laughs> I'm excited. That's why. And I remember too, uh, can, um, I remember falling asleep in service um, all the time. This is like confessions of a pastor's kid. I, I remember falling asleep. But the thing is, is when you're in a Pentecostal church, if you lay on your face and you fall asleep, people just think you're like falling out in the Holy Spirit or something like that. <laughs> so, so I spent, I would spend, I would spend hours on my face just like, and they're like, oh, bless God, this next generation coming up. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just sleeping away. And, uh, but, but, oh God. There is nothing more terrifying than waking up to a dark sanctuary. Then there's nobody in the room. Yeah, my mom caught on to me, and she's like, we'll teach him a thing or two. And then wake up in the dark. So whenever I talk about church, whenever we talk about church and consider church and what it is and what it means to be a part of a community, I mean, honestly, I've just, there's a lot to say. There's a lot to consider. And so today I'm going to do my best just to, just to put into words what I feel the Holy Spirit is speaking. And really what I'm saying to you is I have no idea what's going to happen. So <laughs> ready, set, go. Um, I'm so excited, though. <laughs> what are we, 70? Do I have 70 more? Oh, there it goes. Let's read Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 3. It says this. Be free from pride-filled opinions. Oh, you're the best. You're the best, Kendi. I love you, Kendi. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, be free from pride-filled opinions. Ouch, already. For they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. But in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness, possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interest, and consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. Let's pray. God, we love you, and we're so, um, God, we're just so, just honored to be in your presence. Lord, I'm so grateful that whenever we Whenever we walked into this room, regardless of the state of our hearts, regardless the condition of our families or our finances or our, um, whatever, God, regardless of all that, God, I'm so thankful that you looked into time. God, from the dawn of creation, you looked into time, you saw today, and you chose us. And so, Lord, we just declare right now in this room just to, just to say yes to you, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say. God, talk to us about the church, yes, but God, talk to us about our lives. God, I pray for stirred hearts. I pray for changed lives. And Lord, we give you today. And with all that we are, we say amen, amen. You know, it's funny how we read this, this verse in Philippians chapter two, and we tend to like flip it on its head. 
not just in church, but in life, when it talks about putting others before ourselves, when it talks about operating in authentic humility, I just, I don't see that a ton. I mean, we live in a world that celebrates the self-made man. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started, like, started from nothing, from rags to riches. I had nothing, I earned everything I have on the, off the sweat of my back, the sweat of my brow. I, I've done everything that I have. I, I, it's me, it's me. I did this thing, and we live in a world that says scratch, claw, kick, bite, punch, move as fast as you can to elevate yourself to the top. And we call this the American way. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that if you have reached a position in life, if you're, if you're of high stature or high status, man, that is awesome. Bless God for that. I think it's amazing. But it's all in the approach. It's how we get there and it's what we do whenever we do get there. And to be honest with you, I think that we struggle with this and no one no one is immune. No one is immune to this mentality. Now, that sounds like a life thing. It sounds less like a church thing and more like a life thing, that if this is where you're at in your life and that is, at, is where you're at in your life, that you scratch, cream, scream, bite, all that stuff. But here's the reality. It might sound like a life thing, but I feel like it's a church thing because I feel like we are in a day and age where our life is, start to start, is, is beginning to start to look like the church and the church is supposed to look like our life. Does that make sense? Our life is to look like the church and the church is to look like our life. I think that that's the season that God is calling us into. Um, our staff at Renew Life Church is made up of uh, very, very cool people. Um, I love every single person that I have the privilege of working with. They're amazing. And, uh, but the guys on our staff, I said but, like there's something wrong with y'all. Well, there is, but no. But, but the, guys, the guys on our staff, they are these like, mm, Manly men, I guess is the best way to say it. <laughs> I mean, like Cody goes on these excursions where he'll go out for like two weeks at a time with nothing but a backpack. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna uh, play Xbox. I don't know. <laughs> but he's, I don't really play Xbox. I don't know why I said that. But he'll go on these excursions and do that. Keith Knoll literally played football in the NFL. Like that's amazing. Braden, he, I mean, he, <sighs> He's good at everything he touches, and it drives me nuts. He, uh, he played baseball in school. He played in college. He was in athletics. A lot of the women on our staff, too, they played college basketball or sang at the White House. They have all these amazing things that they've done, and I was a high school mascot. That's about the only thing I can brag about. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I'm just, I was not that cool when I was in high school. And, and if I'm being honest, I, f I feel like I get in this place in my flesh still where, where because I'm surrounded by all these amazing speakers and amazing people that do amazing things, anytime I do something, I, f I find myself, if I'm in my flesh doing this, notice me. <laughs> Look at me. See me. Look how awesome I am. Give me a pat on the back. Tell me I'm amazing. I'm entitled to your praise. And that's the flesh. And if I'm being honest with you, I think that that same entitlement is so sneaky. And it can sneak into our view of the church. Notice me. Hear me. My opinion. I think it's so funny. Cody came up and was talking about that this morning in ministry time. What are you willing to surrender? Is it your opinion about maybe how things should be done? Or maybe you wish this wouldn't have happened? Or you wish this would happen? You see, I think that God is calling us to a place to change our opinion about church. What's it look like whenever that entitlement is inside of us in regards to church? I think it looks like this. Well, I wouldn't do it that way, but, well, I'm not the boss. 
Or maybe it's, oh my gosh, really reckless love again? We sing this song like every weekend. <laughs> or maybe it's, I love that song, by the way, so don't you dare. <laughs> or maybe it's, uh, are, we're seriously not doing a candlelight New Year's Eve service, are you? Uh-uh. It, and, and one of the ones that, um, that we hear a ton, and please, I'm being funny about it, but understand, I've been in this place where it's like I sit on the back row at a church or sometimes even the front row at a church, and instead of just participating and partnering with the presence of God, I begin to evaluate and just deconstruct everything that's happening in the service to a point where I literally receive nothing. I think that God is just challenging us to not live in that place. And one of the ones that I hear a lot is, well, I'm just not getting fed. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not getting fed. And maybe that's some of your reality. Maybe you've come from places where that's like a genuine reality. You felt like you were in a place where you couldn't connect. You felt like you were in a place where I just, there's, there's nothing happening for me. There's nothing for my demographic or my age group. That's fine. All I'm saying is this, hear God, <laughs> hear God. Let's not make decisions in our flesh based on what the church is doing or isn't doing. But instead, remember the fact that this, we submit to leadership because it's right, not because they are right. We've said that several times over the past little while. Did you know that the, uh, the average stay in a church is three and a half years? That, I don't know what that does to you, but whenever I read that, my, like, my mind blown. Um, I just, I so admire those people that like come to a church and they just stick and they stay and they're there for a decade and then two decades and then three decades and then they raise their kids in that church and then the next generation, I so am endeared to that. So whenever I read that 3.5 years is the average lifespan in a church, I just felt so much conviction. You see, the Lord is coming back for a spotless bride. Have you heard that before, the spotless bride? He's coming back for a spotless bride. We the church, you the church, us the church, we are his bride. And I think that, I think that he's calling us to a place of commitment. Here a while back, um, here a while back, I had this, this opportunity come up to, to do something in greater New Mexico with students. And um, this guy offered me an opportunity there. And a, a man I'm super endeared to, and I love the guy, and he's amazing, but I just, I knew in my heart I'm where I'm supposed to be. Have you ever been there, like where opportunity comes or something shows up on your doorstep, but you just know, <laughs> you know that you're where you're supposed to be? Just like whenever opportunity comes up on your doorstep and you know, okay, that's where I'm supposed to go. You see, there's seasons. There's seasons of change in life, but whenever this opportunity came up, I just knew in my spirit. I was like, okay, it's not right. I'm grateful, I'm humble, but I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be um, right here doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I feel like the Lord spoke something to me. In a world of people leaving, I believe the Father's heart is beckoning us to stay. It's easy to leave. It, it, it's just, it's so easy to leave. It's in, our, it's in our nature to get mad and disappear. Whether it's emotionally or physically or, or whatever, it's just, it's in our nature to get mad and just leave. But in a world desperate to leave, in a world desperate to flee, I believe the Father's heart is beckoning us to stay. Do you know that I have this conversation with, I have this conversation with people all the time where they show up and they, they talk about where they came from and just the struggles they had in their old church. And um, 
more times than not, that conversation lands in a place where we tell them, you should go back. (laughs) You should probably go back and at least have a conversation with leadership. If we're making rash decisions based on emotional responses, things happening inside of your heart that don't feel good, that don't resonate with your spirit. We can coin it in all the theology and spiritual terms if we want, but if you haven't heard God speak to you to stay or to leave, I believe that his challenge for us is just to stay. The Lord spoke to me something a while back, and it was that if you are genuinely in pursuit of the Father's heart, if if you want him to have all of you, and, and you want to have all of him, and you're seeking him, but you hear nothing, rest assured you're right where you're supposed to be. You're right where you're supposed to be, smack in the middle of his will. I'm not telling you to leave, by the way. They'll never let me preach again if everybody disappears, I promise. So don't go. (laughs) But if I can be honest with you, I feel like what we're doing here is so rare. I mean, being raised in church, words like revival were used all the time. I remember growing up in, in environments where we would have what we call the revival and we would bring a guy in to speak for like five nights in a row. And if it went well and there was, a, you know, and it was going well enough, well, we would extend it by another couple days, three days, four days. Did anybody grow up like doing revivals like that? Man, I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful for those moments. I experienced God in a lot of ways and had incredible encounters like that. But I feel like what God is doing right here, right now, in this day, we are living in a revival. <laughs> We are living in a revival. One of my favorite artists of all time, Johnny Swim, they, they sing a lyric that just has been playing through my mind over and over and over again. It's, while you pray for revival, I'm already living in one. And you see, I think there's power whenever we just give weight to what's happening around us. Did you know that it's not as common as, as, as you might think? It's not as common for people to be witnessing healings and miracles on a Sunday morning, to stand in this room when Cody gets up and he gets a word of knowledge for shoulders, elbows, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Whenever he gets words of knowledge for that stuff, did you know that it's not as common as you might think for people to be getting healed like that? I, man, I was awesome. I prayed with a guy right over here in the corner, his his shoulder just got completely healed just now. It happens all the time. I remember back to, to an encounter where I mean, Isaac Reyes, right here on the front row, he laid hands on my, on my wife. She's struggled with, um, every time I can't remember that, T-L-T-M-Z, no? TMJ, TMJ. She struggles with TMJ, and I remember him laying hands on her and, and praying, and she just got miraculously healed. I think of what happened at Dean and Kendi's life group this past Thursday where they're sitting in a room and like three, four, 76 people got healed. I don't know. Bunch of people got healed just in a room. It's amazing. We're living in a revival. And I think that if you can awaken your spirit to acknowledge what's happening around you, it would change everything in your life. It's amazing what we're getting to witness happen. It's time to focus less on what we want and more on what he deserves. It's time for us to focus less on what we want and more on what he deserves. His ways are higher, his thoughts are deeper. His love is wider, it's insurmountable. So what does that look like? I just wanna circle back to Philippians 2 one more time and read this. And I want you to begin to process this through the filter of the church and your view of the church. It says, be free from pride-filled opinions for they will only harm your cherished unity. 
Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example of Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. I just want to share our story. I want to share our story with you today and just how the church has impacted us. So October is two years that we've been a part of Renew Life Church. So we're, we just hit two years having been here. And I can honestly say of all of the church experiences, having been raised in church, having been around church, having experienced church, been to all the conferences, seen all the stuff, I can honestly say my life has been more drastically, our lives have been more drastically impacted in the last two years than they have the entire time leading up to it. I'm so grateful. I'm so humbled. I'm so honored to get to be a part of what's happening at Renew Life Church. Whenever I walk in this place on Sunday mornings and I walk in the office on Mondays, I just, it's like an altar. It's like whenever you come to an altar and it's a place of remembrance just of what God has done in your life. I'll never forget the first time we came. So my wife and I, like I said, we, we've, been, we've been married seven years. I've been in full-time ministry since I was 18. I don't know. Some guy hired me when I was 18, and that's just, it's crazy to me. I love it. <laughs> but we've been doing it for a while, and we had our first child, Adeline, and when she was two weeks old, we moved 1,800 miles across the country. We moved to Miami, Florida with a two-week-year-old. Two-week-year-old? But I remember moving and there was just this excitement and zeal and passion for, for what God was gonna do through us. And we were just chasing, I mean, we were just crazy kids chasing him. Just loved the father, wanted to please him, wanted to do something different. Plus we got to go to the beach, so that wasn't bad either. But when we got there and we started doing our thing, it just didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work out. And so for the first time, first time in our entire lives, we were, faced, we were faced with this situation where we literally had to pack up all of our stuff, not even, not even two years, a year and a half, we had to pack up all of our stuff and move back across the country. I can't tell you the, I can't even begin to tell you just the emotions that were associated with that season my, it was the lowest point of our marriage. I'll never forget going to sleep feeling like a failure as a father. Drug my whole family 1,800 miles across the country and I can't even facilitate what God is doing. I drug my whole family over here. They chased me, they followed me, they submitted to me and I missed it, I blew it. I just can't even begin to tell you the amount of guilt the amount of shame and hurt that I felt in that season. <sighs> Feeling like you wasted a year and a half. God, just dealing with thoughts of, God, I thought I heard you. 
God, I thought I knew you. Missed a year and a half of my kid's life because I was so stinking busy doing things. God, just, I was so mad and angry. It made me a bad husband. It made me a bad father. Guys, this is two years ago. I need about 36 more of these. No. I just, I can't even. They were so patient with me. But I remember being in a place where it was hear God or I don't know what's going to happen. And we came, we came in the back doors over here. We, we came in those doors. We're like the first ones here, which is super weird because we're never on time anywhere, let alone early. We walked through those doors and we sat right there. Those, those two spots right there. I remember speaking to the Lord and just telling him, God, you got to do something. Because I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen if you don't. And then uh, worship begins and, you know, raise my hands because it's what you do and start singing the songs. And then uh, whoever, someone spoke, it wasn't even Braden which I was mad about at the time. It was so dumb. I was like, God, I wanted to hear him talk. <laughs> that's, well, that's selfish, right? That's what we're working on. So, but I remember, I remember just being like, God, you got to speak to me. Because you know, at a certain point in your life, maybe you've been there before. Maybe a day is coming. But past experiences just won't do it for you. You need a now word. And that's where I was at. So I remember we got here early. We uh, took our kids to check in. We took them downstairs to the abyss that is our kids' ministry downstairs. <laughs> yeah, I can say that because you guys know. Like, you do it every Sunday. Took them downstairs and came back up and was just praying, God, I need you to speak to me. I need you to do something. And then after service, you know, I just I felt the Lord. <laughs> It's just all so real to me, even now. I just, I felt, I felt the Lord, and he spoke, and I was grateful. And so we get back in the car after service, and, you know, after you try out a new church, maybe you've been there, and, we, you know, it's like you typically do, like, the evaluation, like, so what do you think of the worship? That was pretty good, yeah. What you, would you think of the message? Yeah, that guy was all right. That's fine. And uh, well, we didn't do any of that this time. I just got in and was like snot bubbles and tears the whole time. God, I was just a mess. And so, I mean, we were just deeply, deeply endeared from the moment we came. And then we uh, we set up a meeting with Braden and Leanne, and we we uh, I know this is just a story. I hope it's building you up and building, putting faith in you. But and then we uh, set up a meeting with Braden and Leanne. And we sat on their couch with them. They opened their home to us. And uh, I, I just, we just began to tell them just everything. 
just about our hurt. I felt like how I felt like a failure. Just told him it was like the worst job interview ever. <laughs> I'm like, I'm basically broken and suck at everything. So there's that. And then we, I think we booked our babysitter for like an hour and a half. Missed that time frame. We were there for four hours, just more snot bubbles and tears, just telling them about everything. Dumped out our hurt, our shame, our fear, just everything that we had. Because at the time, I feel like that's all I had. And then they offered me a job, so that's weird. (laughs) I remember just being so humbled, though. Just being so humbled to have the opportunity to do something like this with people like them, people like you. Can I just tell you something real quick off, off script? That was two years ago. Like I, and I even wrestled with sharing this part of my, my story just because it's like, you deal with the insecurity of it, right? I hadn't been set free that long ago. <laughs> so you deal with the insecurity of that. But guys, this was just two years ago. I don't care where you're at. I don't care how dark it is. I don't care what your life looks like, how present or not present you have or haven't been in your family, in your life, in your finances. Let me just tell you something. You're gonna make it. You are gonna make it. If you've heard nothing else this Sunday, I just want you to hear this. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, but those who, who wait, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary. They shall, they shall walk and not faint. I'm a very visual person, very creative, expressive person. So whenever I, I read the scripture, I just, I begin to get all this imagery of running and dancing and jumping and succeeding and striding. And then I read the first part and it makes my stomach hurt because I hate this part. Wait. God, we stink at this, man. Just wait. All that stuff's going to come. Just wait. Just be still. Stop striving. Stop trying. Stop kicking and screaming and clawing and fighting and biting. Just stop. Rest and wait. And just see what the Lord does for you. I don't know what your experience has been, but I believe that I'm not the only one who's been in that season that just needs a right now word. Wait first, and then he'll give the grace to run. This church has changed my life. It's it's changed my life. So many faces, so many stories. 
I've been greatly impacted, not just by the leadership of this church, but by multiple people in this room. I, literally, I'm looking across the room right now and I could probably take 16 hours to tell stories about just what you guys have meant to me and done for me. And I know this might sound and feel like an RLC sales pitch. <laughs> hey, I work here, I go here, my life has been changed by this place, but please hear my heart. That's not what this is. All I can tell you is my experience. And my experience was in that chair right there. You're in the hot seat right there. It's all I got. So wherever you're at, wherever you're going, wherever life takes you, find a church, get rooted with people who love you, where you have accountability, where you have where you have strength in numbers, where you have somebody that's gonna encourage you. We use the, chur- the term church culture a ton. Has everybody heard that? We use that term a ton, especially here. Church culture, right? It's, it's kind of like a hot, a hot button word we use a ton. There's things about this church that obviously are a part of our church culture. Worship, expressive worship, you know, spirit-filled, um, you know, good communicators, charismatic, all the things, whatever you would say about our church. I don't even know. I'd probably process that a little more. I don't even know. But there's a lot of tangibles that make our church culture unique. But I think the goal is this. The goal is to take what's out here, in here, that we feel every Sunday, the things we feel, the things we experience, and to internalize those things and let them truly become a part of your life. If you're living Sunday to Sunday, it's like living paycheck to paycheck in the kingdom. And that's not what he meant for you. He wants to make deposits that will last you a lifetime. It's amazing what he can say in a moment in a right now word that will fuel your fire for generations to come. That's the God we serve. I wanna read one more thing to you guys found in Ephesians chapter four. This is what we use as the model of the church. It says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So the goal is this, the things we experience through the body, the edification, the building up, the encounters, the presence, the healings, the signs, wonders, miracles, all the stuff we experience and fill. It's for the perfection of the saints, as some scriptures say. It's so that you mature in Christ and leave these doors carrying it with you. It's not come to church just to get to be fed. But let us be a a culture marked with power, a go and do mentality. At some point, the culture surrounding you will get inside of you. That's kind of a life thing too. My mom used to always read me a scripture out of Corinthians. Don't be misled, bad company corrupts good character. She read it to me every single day, and it was so annoying. (laughs) I get it now, though. I have kids. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. The culture surrounding you will ultimately be deposited inside of you. So choose wisely.
Just choose wisely. I love it. Braden's like the best teacher. He's so he's so good. We have Cody's amazing. Keith's like Keith's amazing. So, we are so blessed to have such amazing communicators every Sunday do this thing. But what good is it if we don't internalize this stuff and walk out those doors changed with it? I guess that's my challenge for you this morning. That's a lot, but it's over. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at renewlifechurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.